I have a kilogram of frozen bacon that I think is still good. What the is going on down there? Hello, welcome to WTF and TFW episode 456. I'm joined by TJ Omega. Hello. We're not joined by Aaron because that fancy guy is out on a, on a, he's on a trip. Aaron is traveling. Ooh. I didn't know he was traveling until he told me a few days ago. Uh, so I, I want to take this time to say, uh, hmm. I greatly respect the work Aaron does in his field. I think his job is impressive. And it's really cool knowing someone who works in that side of aeronautics. I think it's amazing. But it's so much fun to make fun of. Oh yeah, I'm never gonna say this when he's on a, an actual podcast. Well, of course not. But of course uh, not. you just count. You just count on him not listening to this or upload a version for him that doesn't have this included. I, I'm actually quite certain he won't listen to this one, given the fact that he's gonna be all busy traveling. So uh, I, I'm dead certain of it. And so all of you out there, none of you tell, none of you better tell him I said any of this nice stuff about the work he does. Because listen, if he starts poking around, or if he listens to this and he starts saying anything, it's up to you, TJ, and all of you listening, to just go like, "Wow, I didn't know you were going to make up lies about what we said about you, you dirty representative of big propeller." Uh, but that said, I think I think helicopters are magical, and it's amazing people actually work on them. Yeah, it is quite cool. It's quite impressive. We just, you know, can't admit to that. Yeah. Uh, getting that out of the way, I have a secret thing to reveal to you, TJ. Oh? I recorded last week's podcast yesterday. <gasps> wow. So I I have actually, this is my second podcast in, in 24 hours. And we still have enough news to fill out the topic list. Well, that's always good, yes. Like uh... So that, that that's uh, that's also why if listeners are confused, if you see like consecutive dates, that's because they were consecutive dates. As I mentioned last <laughs> week, I delayed last week's podcast by a week because I was traveling and I was just being all fancy about it. But now we're all lined up again. And TJ, we've got stuff to cover, starting with some Earth Wars news. Earth Wars got beasties uh, this weekend. You can get uh, Optimus Primal and T-Rex Megatron. My Alliance already got T-Rex Megatron, but it's the lousy, useless two-star version because it's a stupid leaderboard event. And those are the worst things in Earth Wars because if you're not, like, in Synergy or whatever the big... the Okay, do you play Earth Wars at all? Uh, no. <laughs> okay, I'm in a pretty good group. Mm-hmm. And it, it's been figured out, given how fast the... Because a leaderboard event is one where you only get the good versions of the characters if your Alliance does well in the global leaderboard for that weekend. Um, the global leaderboard's number one spot within about an hour and a half of the event starting had amassed enough points that it was deduced they had to have literally been pumping money into the game at second one (laughs) to be able to get that many points that fast. Um, I don't know what kind of lunatics want to do that. Uh, I'll also say they like, there's a type of character in this game called a five star character. Uh, you only get five-star characters by getting a few hundred four-star dupes. That's already mm-hmm. really hard to do. A, a guy in my alliance was uh, at one point attacked by someone with three five-star characters. In order to have that many five-star characters at this point, you would have had to have spent literal thousands of dollars 
rolling dice over and over again. To be fair, we are talking about Transformer collectors. So that that's They're perfectly where... willing to spend twice as much because they got the color of the eyes right. That's where my, I started to see the beautiful sentiment finally start to arise, where we all went like, hang on a second, because that's the first thought a lot of people had, is like, oh, you know, people spent lots of money on third-party toys, masterpiece toys, except this is just a, a software game. You're just getting, tra you're getting Transformers that exist on your little phone monitor that yeah, cost yeah. more than the big physical ones you could actually own. Yes, but these can literally beat up my friends, you know, imaginary robots. But but you can't target people. It's all random. But I show my dominance. <laughs> anyway, leaderboard events suck. Uh, but, you know, if you just want the characters and you're in an alliance, you probably already have got them. Um, however, this uh, this event had a lot of buildup in the game with silly little story bits. And we also got this little four-page comic, including the cover, called Quantum Beast Leap. Uh, with art by uh, Nathan Webb. Um... And it, the, the story is basically uh, a, a chronal something or other was installed on the space bridge that keeps pulling people into the Earth Wars. And uh, Primal and Megatron, at the very end of Season 3, while they were taking off in the spaceship with Megatron strapped to the side of it, got pulled out of their time stream and into Earth Wars. That's pretty much the, the setup for this whole thing. So, TJ, as someone who's not even playing the game, how did this comic read to you? Um, Interesting. I think it's the first word. Um, it's a, it's a funny little thing. Like I don't know where I like. How do we know that that's where it was? Like they actually confirm like where they were pulled from. Or? Yeah, in some of in some of the in-game story bits, it was literally them like preparing to blast off. Optimus is like, you know, we're we're taking you back to Cybertron. I mean, and then like they look literally nothing like they did at that point. Well, then Megatron says, ah, something's going on. Have you noticed, Primal, we've reverted back to our original forms as though we're going back in the, in the time stream. So the, the um, idea is that they've been chronally reverted to their original forms. And then you take into a... So I was like, okay, except neither of you look like your original forms still. Yeah. Uh, that's just the artistic license of the Earth Wars art team. Well, part of it's artistic license, but we also know that, like... One of the design samples they got was the 10th anniversary figures. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there's a lot of that, especially into Megatron pouring in. Well, the, the Earth Wars art team have got a lot of weird references, because, like, the the Predacons, the, the Predaking Predacons are in the game, but it seems like the model sheets they used for those were the third-party Mastermind Creations Predacons. <laughs> and the Dinobots mostly appear to be based on the third-party fans' toys, masterpiece-alike Dinobots. Like, oh my! Like right down to very specific details. So there's a real mishmash in this game of, of aesthetics. <laughs> uh, that seems like that seems like a Takara level of convoluted. When they could have just said they're from season one. Yeah, no, these guys have all the memories of the entire Beast Wars. Uh. And they're back into what is supposed to be their season one forms. Uh, I, guess, I guess that the whole like chrono whatever time travel magic is also supposed to explain the aesthetic differences. I I am assuming because uh, like Primal has got the the optimal Optimus cannons on his back, kind of, kinda, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's being generous. Um. They, they they do look pretty neat in the game. Like you know, it's 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 cool that they are fully modeled from the ground up because you know the game is 
been very ready to do head swap recolors of models as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, like when they introduced Off-Road, he was literally Ironhide with a different head. Um, drag Strip had a big buildup and he was just Mirage, basically. Uh, right. A lot of Combiner War stuff in that. Not a, not a shock, really. Yeah. Um, but I'm wondering, TJ, how you feel about a certain character who's appearing in this comic book. <laughs> oh, yeah, I love Perceptor. Yeah, great guy. Yeah. Actually, Perceptor's a fairly new character. He had a whole storyline, too. <laughs> no, I want to no, like, use that face-palming Star Saber picture for everything. Yeah, I, I like that they went to the point of putting Star Saber in this comic, because he is in the game. Him and Deathsaurus showed up some months ago. And uh, it, it makes for what I got to believe is a most bewildering comic to read if you actually haven't been playing the game at all. Especially, like, just... That was what struck me. It's like, like I'm looking at G1 characters, just straight up US G1. Okay, I know Predacons and Dinobots. I know Bruce... Why is Star Saber commanding? And Star Saber seems to know all about Grimlock. <laughs> He's like, two Grimlocks. That's all we need. How'd you even meet one? Um, the, the guys writing the dialogue are clearly, like, fan enough to know what to do references of, so, like, Megatron's dropping, you know, hell of yeses all over the place. Yeah, I noticed that. And, uh, in the game, like, Starscream's all upset that, of all the bad guys to pull over, they just grabbed another Megatron, because in the weird storyline of the game, Starscream's basically just been getting slapped around constantly, uh, by Megatron, then by Galvatron, who keeps alluding to the, to the idea that he's from the future and is actually Megatron. And now there's another Megatron. Um, <laughs> Earth Wars is is continuing to truck along. I have Devastator in it, and I'm in a good alliance, so I'm going to keep playing. But Forge to Fight has really taken a lot of the fire out of whatever was left of the little scrap of charcoal that was my passion for Earth Wars. They just showed off Waspinator. Yeah, and yeah, well, he's, he's now live in the game. Uh... And Forge to Fight is, it's a mobile game. So far, I've found that Forge to Fight has way more just to do. Like, I'm never bored. And I've gotten past that opening day where they give you lots of free things. Mm. See, I can't play something like Earth Wars because it's just not my style of game. You know, I'm, I'm, it's, it's, the gameplay just doesn't do much for me, but I could play a straight up fighting game anytime. Yeah, like Forge to Fight is far more up my alley. And, you know, the control scheme for Forge to Fight, or the control interface, I should say, kind of sucks. But the actual engine is pretty okay. It's not amazing. But I've, I've found there is, like, a, a kiddie pool level of depth to it when I was thinking it was going to be, like, just an, a skating rink, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I checked out some videos from the less irritating YouTube channels I found of uh, guys who were all playing Kabam's Marvel game. And that game seems to have legs outside of its freemium, whatever stuff. So I don't know. Forge to fight is like, I'm not, I'm not going to tell people it's actually like a great game. You should go play, but in the, the realm of mobile games, it was a really pleasant surprise. I mean, it looks like a lot of fun. It's that one. I have to give a try to at some point. Yeah. Um, like, if if only because this the way they implemented Waspinator is hysterical. It's like the fact that one of his special moves is the bomb he had yeah. in one of the episodes. <laughs> yeah. 
As always, though, with all these games, if you try them out, just don't pump money into them on day one. Just play around. Um, Forge to Fight is a a bewildering series of currencies and systems that can be extremely confusing. Uh, and so, you know, if you have trouble with that, don't feel bad, because I did. Like, my first hour with Forge to Fight was, like, being terrified of all of the layers of menus. <laughs> For what is just, like, it's kind of just a fighting game. But there's there's a whole bunch of different ways to play it, and it, they they really don't spoon feed them to you. They just throw them at you out of a bucket. So there are some some good guides showing up on Reddit and stuff. So you know if you want to check it out, check those things out. Um, moving on from the mobile game stuff, uh, we also got uh, there were some magazine scans, and I actually haven't seen the rest of the magazine scans. I'm assuming there's not much new in them aside from this thing, which is the thing that I predicted after the end of the Unite Warriors comic. Uh, Japan is getting in their Legends line as an EX uh, Black Convoy using the Optimus version of the Triple Changer Voyager that we got over here in Titan's Return. Uh, he's, he's done up in all the Black Convoy colors with uh, a pink translucent sword. Uh, he's going to be a Tokyo Toy Show exclusive. Um, and it's pointed out it's the second time Black Convoy has been a Legends EX Tokyo Toy Show exclusive. Um, so I'm going to try to I'm going to try to get a hold of this one because I think that looks super sharp. I've still never messed with the mold. I've never seen Optimus and Megatron in person anywhere. So, uh... Wow. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, they're, they're starting to litter around here a little bit. No, we, uh... As far as... I, I haven't gone shopping for a bit, but they, they were around Toronto for a bit when I wasn't really doing much shopping. And then when I started to look around again, they were gone, and it sounds like they're all getting replaced by hordes of broadsides now. So... Uh, we have not had that problem yet. You, you, I'm starting to it's starting to sound like broadside might actually become a problem <laughs> but we'll cross that bridge when we get there uh TJ how do you feel about this new black convoy I was hoping for an easier way to get it because it was inevitable right yeah because it's G2 prime like eventually it is going to be black convoy there's just no escaping that I was fully expecting that you know Takara would be the first one to jump on it i had no idea it would be like it, it, it would be a convention exclusive where like this is going to be really expensive to get a hold of at some point and that's not going to be fun yeah i thought it was going to be Takara tomi mall but yeah like that like that or e-hobby like like e-hobby is what i think of when i think of like you know, Japanese black repaints. Mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm actually just, I'm checking out the, the blurb and there is the katakana there for Takaratomi mall. So maybe there's going to be like a, you know, if there's leftover stock, it'll go up there. I think that if you set, because it looks like the price is going to be about 6,000 yen. So I think if you set like 70 bucks aside and then the pre-orders go up and you just jump on it with my experience trying to get, you know, the Black Convoy version from 2015. Mm. Uh, if you jump on it right away, it's not too hard to get from like your TF source and Big Bad Toy Store. Uh, but then there's there's kind of a window on it. Um, right. But it's like it's like the wind within that window. It seems like a pretty plentiful figure, but then it suddenly is gone. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've known. I have known what that's like. But uh, the the look of the, the figure is is real darn good. Um, I'm really hoping that the 
the tanker trailer part is painted silver. Like there's there is no way that that there's any sticker yeah. stuff on this guy, I, right? Yeah, like, uh, it, it's Takara. What do you think? Like, I don't know. I, I, fully, I fully expect the chest. Well, okay, the chest and the shoulders are probably stickered. And then we found out about twelve hours later that it's all painted. No stickers. Way to render our little discussion completely null and void. I'm deleting it! But, uh, yeah, I, I hope that's painted silver. And I also am really curious as to uh, what the homage might be for the Headmaster. Because um, it's kind of a fuzzy picture, so I can't really tell what mold it is. Like, if it's just Dayak. Um, the only thing I'm seeing, really, is it's he's gray, and he has, like, a dark helmet. So I was like, I, hey, maybe that's supposed to be, like, original cartoon Megatron from the commercial when he had a black helmet. But that's all I can think of. Who's the who's the kid in R.I.D.? Uh, Koji? Koji. <laughs> I don't know. I'm grasping at straws on this one. It's just the a gray robot with a black helmet in Transformers makes me think of, like, original design Megatron. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's kind of where my, my brain is right now. I'm not going to be mad if that's not the I case. Would, I would fully expect it to have... I would fully expect it to be uh, just a repaint of Dyak. Just, it might have a clever name of some kind. Yeah. I've been trying to figure out if there's a name buried in the blurb somewhere, but uh, it just says, like, triple change. It says item, tank, lorry. It's just talking about the main toy. Mm-hmm. Um... But yeah, this thing's coming out in uh, June at the Tokyo Toy Show. And hopefully, if you're able to get on it right away, it won't be too hard to get a hold of. Um, I am going to try to jump on that thing when it shows up on the uh, North American retailer sites. Um, especially if I end up just never finding the Optimus and Megatron versions. I would be super mm -hmm. okay if that's the way I get <laughs> this mold. Well, you know, it's eventually they're coming out as... Uh... Blitzwing and Octone anyway, so it's it's not like there's going to be a lack of chances to get a hold of them. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's just, you know, I I would like to see the versions that have the Prime and Megatron tooling, like the chests and mm -hmm. I think the shoulders. Right. So. Like this. I, I get the feeling like this is something that's not just going to be like Tokyo Toy Show, because every now and then, like Hasbro and Takara in one way or another have figured out how to both do the Black Convoy paint job. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, like there's there's the like, way to, to, to tweak it, you know, for... Yeah, like, Classics and Alternators both had their own version on both shores, and there's been a few other examples like that. Yeah. But, like, I, that's just, like, Tokyo Toy Show, like, tradition at this point, because, like, there's been black... Con there's been black Optimus Prime repaints there that were basically Scourge. Yeah. The the main thing about, about a, a Hasbro version that has me not entirely sure it'll happen is that the venue for that kind of thing was San Diego Comic-Con. But now it feels like San Diego Comic-Con exclusives, as far as Transformers go, usually are like, all right, whatever the Titan toy is, and then, like, a gift set. So it still might be there. But, maybe. Um, then we got, like, then we got Hascon now, too. Oh, yeah, maybe. Hey, you know what? That would be a real easy, like, Hascon number one exclusive. It's just it would. like port this over. <laughs> um, but yeah, aside from that, I don't think there were any other new photos in here. Um, I already talked about them uh, yesterday, but <laughs> TJ, did you have any any major thoughts on the reveals for Legends versions of uh, of Rodimus Cup and the Sharktacon? Uh, well, the Sharktacon wasn't that much. It's a pretty minor change. Yeah. Um, Hot Rod was f interesting. 
Like, Hot Rod fixed things I didn't know I wanted fixed. Yeah, I, I got... I actually got Titans Return Hot Rod a couple days ago, so I, I now understand what people were talking about with the difference of the chest. Yeah. Because at first, people were telling me, like, oh, the chest is so different, and I'm like... I don't understand what you mean, but now, now that I've actually messed with the figure, I'm like, oh, no, that's a completely different piece. Yeah, um, like, like he doesn't have a weird belly gap anymore and he's got no engine. Yeah, like I I have been so used to seeing Rodimus's at this point that just had the engine there because they didn't know what else to do with it. that I, to I totally blanked on that when I saw the remold. I think like, I think it's like a flip over engine, right? Yeah. So you could put it there if you want to. You could. It's a good option. It's an option. It's an option. But, like, I think my brain is just so registered. It's like, I, it just, like, blinded me. Yeah. I don't even know why. But, like, it's, it's a nice thing to see, just to have that more show-accurate design to it. And this is what I would expect out of Takara in the first place. Yeah, and black boots. I like black and, boots. On yeah, the black boots are good. Uh, Cup was the weird one for a long time. Yeah, I'm kind of glad that we didn't end up having multiple episodes going between the gray to the not gray. To the... Yeah. Because, uh, like, I mean, both those colors, I looked up a bunch of screen caps. He has appeared in both of those colors in season three because of different studios. Mm -hmm. Well, the argument was that, well, if he's going to be a target master, then Takara is going to make him accurate to how he looked when he was a target master. And that was in Rebirth even though that was just direct-to-video and non-canon in Japan. Yeah, it, it was just weird, and at the end of the day, I'm much more glad to see him have some turquoise. Yeah. Like, I put a pre-order like I put a pre-order down on it just in case that's what happened, like, in case yeah. they just decided to do a running change or if we got some bad photos. And I don't know why I thought that, because it's not something I know Takara to ever do. Like, that's a Hasbro thing, to put out a photo and then release something that looks nothing like it i had a feeling it was a funky photo and I, I i can't i also can't tell you why it just was like it was it was a gray but it, it when i looked at it in a certain way i was like that could be a really desaturated turquoise and these photos don't seem like they're very good so whatever the case now we know what he looks like um and him, him and hot rod have got those new target masters i've i think i've confirmed that those are new target masters, uh, and I, I think those are two different target masters as well. At least the chests look different. Yeah, uh, I think the engineering is the same, but yeah, they yeah. definitely got their own pieces. Well, and and having the same engineering but different pieces, like Titan Masters, makes me wonder: like, is this just a target master skeleton akin to the Titan Master that's just there now that they can use? That would be nice because it seems like. <laughs> It seems like that poor the the poor uh, target master that came with uh, that came with Cyclonus is probably worn out by now. Yeah, he needs to retire. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and you know what else? Uh, no more Power Core minicons either. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm happy so to do away with them. I'm so glad these weren't Power Core guys because yeah, that would have ruined this. When I first saw these photos, it was on my phone and I was tired and I was like, oh, they're new. And then I got like one reply or two replies were like, oh, those are just power core guys. So I was like, oh, OK. And then <laughs> like the debate kind of happened in the room next to me on the Internet. <laughs> so every now and then people would check back in and go like, no, they're not power core. They're like, no, they are. And I was like, call me when you guys figure it out, please. <laughs> but that would be so weird for Takara to go through that much trouble. 
to to recolor the figure, to remold the face, to actually make it up, just to do a repainted Power Core Minicon. Yeah. The the other thing I like about those Target Masters, I mentioned this yesterday or in the last episode, but uh, you know, whereas Rodimus clearly like the Headmaster is a tiny Rodimus, uh, with Cup the Headmaster looks like it's still his Target Master pal, and then the Target Master is also his Target Master pal. Like they both <laughs> have the same face, and I, I kind of like that. Like, because Legends in its in its kind of goofy fiction is sort of like it's playing multi-dimensional games. So, like, it would be kind of funny if, like, I always forget his name, but whatever Cup's target master is, if there's, there's two of him in the Legends universe, one turns into his head, the other turns into his gun. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, fresh Legends news, which uh, has me eager to see what they're going to be doing with Trigger Happy and the like. Um... And moving on from there, we've got uh, some domestic news that is very important because Aveo Swerve is no longer the only Transformer that belongs to another brand. Uh, now we have, uh, owned by Valvoline Motor Oil, Valvatron. And uh, he's coming out in conjunction with Transformers 5. And uh, if you buy five quarts of Valvoline full synthetic motor oil... You get a Valvatron. You have to upload your receipt to getvalvatron.com. And uh, Valvatron, I like the design, and I was all hyped until I realized that this toy probably doesn't transform. <laughs> yeah, that's the catch I had as soon as I looked at this. Like, You you look at the legs, and I'm like, no, the legs are straight up out of a cartoon. There's no way. Yeah, like, hey, maybe I'm wrong, but it's a five and a half inch tall figure, it looks like it's, you know, working in the same way that the uh, the, the vinyl-esque Titan toys yeah. tend to work. Yeah, because I'll, t- I'll tell you the, c- the clue is the little mark underneath it that says ages three and up. Yeah. Like, if, I feel like if he had transforming bits, that'd be a lot more complicated and a lot higher. It, it, all that said, if I were to just somehow get a Valvatron for free, if I were someone who bought five quarts of motor oil and got a <laughs> Valvatron... I wouldn't be upset because, like, I like that robot design. It's really cute. Um, but I'm I'm probably not going to go out of my way to try to find yeah. that thing. Probably the same. Like, if, if it ends up just in my hands incidentally, that's really cool. But at the same time, I don't know anyone who power stocks on motor oil at any given time. The official synthetic motor oil of Transformers The Last Night at that. That's what the banner says. Because this thing, this thing is only available for like three months yeah. as of like right now. Like, okay. To be fair, I I don't I don't have call for it often, but that seems like a lot of oil in three months. I don't ask me. All right, I I don't drink anymore. Um, I just I I only drink Coca Cola, and sometimes water. It's debatable which is worse. Yeah, no water. Yeah, um, that'd be it. Water would drown you, man. And you know what's Steadily. scary? You can drown in water, but we're mostly made out of water. Dude, no. Like, I, I, How am I going to sleep at night now? I, I have that yeah, on well, my conscious. W- welcome to my world. Oh, my God. You just go unconscious, and then you hope you don't drown in your sleep. I'm going uh, to drown in myself tonight. Thank you. Thank you for that. It's a song I wrote once. <laughs> I don't think anyone's identified what what Valvatron would turn into. Um, aside, like he's got these things on his arms. 
Well, the thing, the thing on his arm is a handle for like the actual oil bottle. I never noticed that because I, I never actually looked very closely at his arms. I just saw that there were things, and then I figured out he didn't transform. But okay, he he probably turns into a a thing of oil. Now I'm really bummed he doesn't transform. That would have been cool. <laughs> that would have taken me back a little bit. I used to have like the little micro machines place that to turn into the gas can. So I the, never had that. There, there's just a little bit of nostalgia in me for something that would be that goofy and turn into a container for rotted dinosaurs and such. Yeah. Oh, man. Hopefully this guy endears someone and down the road, even if it's not official, like just someone puts together on Shapeways or something like, all right, here's transforming Valvatron. <laughs> it's a really simple shell former, but. Look, I still haven't gotten my signal lancer, so I don't know if you're ever going to see Valvatron. There is, I think, a sig- there is a signal lancer on Shapeways. I th- I'm pretty sure. But yeah, I, 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 that's that's my every few months reminder that in the world of third party Transformers niche, there is still no signal answer. <laughs> it's it's the one thing I hold out for. Well, that, that's what's going to do it. There's something I'm going to be holding out for third party wise, and that's really cool versions of the upcoming rid combiners because we got the season three trailer and these combiner designs are so cool. And I'm so sad that the toys of them are <laughs> I, I, this is a bad way I'm phrasing it. The way I put it is, it's sad they're never going to get good toys. That's implying that the toys they're getting aren't good. The toys they're getting might be good in the context of who they're for. Yeah. They might be fun. But what I mean is, like, you know, warrior toys that combine. That's all I want. <laughs> right. Right. And, well, we've yeah. just got a whole... It, it's bizarre because we just got an entire line for over a year that that's what it was. Right? Yeah. And now here, R.I.D. is going to give it a shot. It's not even remotely close. But that's the audience that R.I.D. is for. Yeah. Yeah. I just had someone message me on YouTube about, like, what creates quality in a toy. And I equate it to, like, being on a scale where on one side it's cost and the other side it's fun. And does the fun, do I get enough fun out of it to justify the cost? Yeah. Like, like honestly, if there's one thing I would critique on those uh, five member combiner boxes coming out going by this trailer it seems like the me- like the stunticons are two man combiners who can then form a five man combiner it would have been kind of cool if the stunticon limb toys were also crash combiners like those two packs that are out like if they had the engineering to smack together into a crash combiner or be a limb uh mm-hmm. and just have different flip out bits i don't know that even might be too picky but this trailer i thought was pretty cool you know, the, the Stunticons look like they have pretty sharp designs. Um, there is there is more combining in this than in Combiner Wars, as was pointed out to me on Twitter. Uh, it seems like... It felt like there was a weird plot point around Drift turning into a sword at the very end of the trailer. Yeah, like... I, I'm not sure if it was a plot point so much as we didn't have space for you. Yeah, it feels like something bad happened in his turning into a sword. I don't know, (laughs) the way it portrayed it. There's something very, well, there's something ominous about it. Yeah. Like it's foreshadowing, like just just the way it was shot, it was like it was foreshadowing something. Because it was shot like a warrior who just put down their sword and is like, I'm done. Like, this is it. 
Yeah, I'm I'm really curious how they're going to do the story. It's uh, like what if what if like because like because he's not part of the combiner, he can't transform back. Yeah, like what if he's stuck just being a sword? Just um, his two little minicon sidekicks just trying so just helplessly trying to get him back to robot mode, and they can't get any of his parts to move. If only the instructions were better. Am I right? <laughs> uh his automorph is stuck the trailer also revealed that blur is literally rescue bots blur like they had the line don't you got rescuing to do um that was cool yeah like the only thing about it is and this is so petty i'm just like why him (laughs) you know (laughs) he feels like he was created specifically to do that though i guess yeah it's just, it's such a tease though because I'm just like for God's sake l- at least let me see Heatwave on this show. Like I just want to see the original four rescue bots make the make the yeah. jump. See, I wouldn't have, like. It was weird when we were trying to, to figure out if Prime and Rescue Bots were in the same continuity in the first place. Yeah, because the shows were so vastly different. And there's still part of me that's bugged by the idea that well, a- anytime they just go to join the rescue bots they just randomly switch to different bodies and designs yeah and then never bring any of that back to their adventures over here yeah <laughs> they just pass through the form change gate along the way but it, it it gives me this this little bit of hope that maybe if maybe if rid continues and like it becomes the long-lived series uh that that rescue bots has been uh, maybe it will just become like a torch passing where they just bring all the rescue bots over to the show as the as their audience continues to grow up. Yeah, like I I said that about the toys. It's kind of cool that like you could have this toy as a little kid. Then as you grow out of it, you can look to the next Transformer toy line, and there's the character. Like there's your favorite character, and he's in this brand new, cooler form, in this you know more advanced toy that is now you know your right age for. The like, only that's a really cool idea. The only stumbling point is that it's blur. <laughs> Your fa- <laughs> on the caveat, uh, it's not one of any of the main characters whatsoever. It's it, just yeah. it's just blur. It's it's no one that you would have actually grown up with from season one, but it's close. Um, also, <laughs> we we heard a piece of sound wave dialogue, which um, in conjunction with a big shot of a portal makes me feel like they certainly are not throwing out the shadow zone aspect of what's up with sound wave. So that's kind of I don't mind that um, I, I, I'm probably going to end up seeing that character as a different character than the one in Prime, even though they're making this connective tissue. And I I wouldn't fault anyone who feels that way. And I, I'm not going to go at anyone who wants them to be the same character as well. It's just a lot about Rid is is so far for me has been this is kind of taking place after Prime. But if you try to make a direct connection, you'll just get frustrated Mm-hmm. You, you kind of just have to take it as a soft connection well know? soft connection like the 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 prime sound wave literally showed up in the show for an episode yeah and th- and that's helpful but even then like the like, like that that is one of the most direct connections the show has had like that's that's but... really something i want i need them to explain that it's like why he gave up this sleek flying form for like big heavy uh land locked form although well, and way, he's gotten a lot more talkative now the way that they were so slavish about the the whole thing with him and ratchet appearing um makes me think that that's just going to be the episode where we see the new body it's going to be like this is why he's doing it it might be a throwaway line but i'm sure they're going to have 
some kind of exposition for it. I hope so. It's it's bizarre. I will say it's nice to hear the Frank Welker sound wave again. Yeah, I, I do. We have any confirmation that that's him, or because I mean, it probably is. Uh, my but, ear. That's good enough. Well, I was gonna say like like <laughs> it sounds awesome either way. Um, oh yeah. But it, but we have the technology now that that voice is potentially doable without Frank Welker uh, having to come in and and be paid Frank Welker dollars. Yeah, but they paid Frank Welker dollars for all of Prime. It's true, but this this is you know this is Rid. Yeah, dialed back slightly. Yeah, <laughs> Rid also doesn't pay Peter Cullen dollars very very often either. Like they're saving budget here. Yeah, like. Like, Wilfred Dell just works for pennies by comparison. I just like to imagine that he really loves being Bumblebee and finally being in, a, in you know, a speaking role for a whole show after yeah. his little stint at the end of Prime. Well, well, because of the movie, there's so many Bumblebees, but very few who actually have voice characters. Yeah. Like, not a whole lot of actors get to say that they voice Bumblebee, even though it's such a major character now. Yeah. I, I would love it if they could bring Will Friedel over to the live-action movies, too. But... It's getting my hopes up. Yeah. The, well, he, I, I think that the live-action movies still have that... As a movie production, they still have a bit of that... Uh, oh, we gotta... We can't just get yeah. normal voice actors. You know, they... It, it's not like they don't have working voice actors. in them. You know, John DiMaggio's getting his money. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's, that's John DiMaggio. He's kind of got pull. But all, all yeah. that aside... Um, season three trailer is up. It's debuting uh, at the end of this month. Um, given the the way the Rid cartoon tends to come out, I'm sure that means that somehow the entire season will have leaked by the middle of next month. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not gonna rush out to to watch it as it goes, and I, I recommend like with with Rid. I've said this from day one when I started watching it after most of season one was done. Rid is a show that you should just wait till there's a bunch of it and watch it at your own pace. Don't binge it but don't don't make it an event like it's a very casual fun show and uh, i actually really do enjoy it in that context yeah i unfortunately i do not give it the chance that it probably deserves it's it just mostly my own fault i barely get the chance to watch anything that is designed to be on tv anymore it's not, yeah, it's, it's it's like, when Rid is good, like, it makes me so happy. It's just, like, Rid is not, like, to me, Rid is not a show you can have dedicated podcast recordings about, uh, the way we did with Animated and Prime. And it's not, it's not a show that you want to, like, sit down, you don't, you don't, you don't want to sit down and go, like, I'm gonna binge season one of Rid. Because, like, it's, it's a little light in that, in that sense, and it might, might kind of wear out its welcome. Yeah. It is you do keep in mind it is a more kid centric show than we've had for a while. But it's, like, it's it's go from Prime, which was real heavy, and then Rid has had its moments though of in like there's there's a there's an episode with um it's win, one of Windblade's secret caches and it's a bunch of the Autobots against this Decepticon who's like a general and he's got a whole army of minicons, and that episode has some of the best uh, visual moments I have seen in this show in a long time. Like, just really frigging cool shots. Hmm. Um, it, ah, I can't remember the episode number now. I, I was yelling about it on Twitter back when I saw it the first time. Uh, it's, it's General Stockade is the Decepticon of the week in that episode. And uh, there's just there's this shot where Drift is wounded in, in, inside the weapons cache room. 
and there's like a force field that all these minicons are busting through. So like Drift just arms himself up and he, like he can't he can't get off the floor because like his legs don't work. So he's just sitting on the floor with a giant bazooka. And when they bust the door open, he he shoots the bazooka. And there's this amazing shot of him just lowering the bazooka, glaring out the door. And I was like, this is this is uh, above and beyond the visual quality that Rid has usually had. So it just, it, they had a good team working on that episode. Um, but yeah, season three is coming. Um, I th- thought the Starscream storyline was season three, but I guess I'm wrong. <laughs> Uh, it, it, it was uh it was it was R.I.D.'s version of rebirth it was just it just kind of happened it's over now yeah like i've seen it referred to as season 2.5 and i'm like that that's great in the moment but you can't literally call it season 2.5 yeah. in per- perpetuity season two had a finale <laughs> so i don't know um i hope it's enjoyable it comes out and i hope that uh, what i want to see is what Ad- uh adventures does with the combiners um the takara Tomi version of the line because mm-hmm. you know they don't they don't improve everything across the board but they did their little tweak to have a bigger grimlock toy i'm wondering if maybe they'll do like a retooled set of combiner wars stunticons to have just like you know different head sculpts and stuff to look more like the red ones um that's just the theory i had Again, I'm not going to be mad if it doesn't happen, but man. That, mm, I, I don't want to burst your bubble on that one, but they they went through those Combiner War figures already. I know. Many times over. But this would be like another time over. <laughs> Le- okay, okay, okay. Baldigus is out. Those molds are done. Like, Yes. They've gone through more uses than any Seeker mold has ever gone through in its entire lifespan in the course of about a year and a half. It's been about a year since we had the Menasaur set come out over there. <laughs> so <been> about... <laughs> um, Never mind all the other times those molds were reused. I don't know. I just, I, 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 it's, it's my little pipe dream that like they'll take the Combiner Wars Menasaur guys, do some retools, maybe a simplified Motormaster. I mean, Takara is insane these days, so I, I can't say never. Yeah, this is is my little, it's my little hope, my little pipe dream. Like they're straight up hijacking previous Grimlock toys because no, yours sucks. We're gonna make our own. Yeah, like. I'm not even asking for like Bruticus and stuff and Galvatronus. I'm just I'm just saying it would be kind of cool if uh, if they did a, a Menasaur in that style. Um, They'll figure out how they do an Ultra Bean in that style. Then I have attention. You know, we got a whole year and a half of development for like Masterpiece Rid, so maybe it can happen. <laughs> we are we are done with the news, and we've got a listener question from Daniel Zonnenberg. Uh, he says, hello, wonton fruit crew. I have a question for the even team. Do you ever find yourself looking at a toy or piece of media and feel like you're the only person who sees something incredibly obvious? For me, uh, one on-topic example is how I feel that Armada Cyclonus is obviously meant to be trigger-happy, even their voices sound the same to me. An off-topic example is that Kamen Rider Beast has an entire Las Vegas theme going on. When this happens to us, are we experiencing Nostradamus moments, or are we conspiracy theorists? The picture is meant for Aaron. Helicopters may not be real, but Popeye's always is. And he attached a picture of a Popeye's meal. Um, yeah, I will. So I will here, just... I'll, li- I'll link Aaron to it. See it? Oh, 
That's I'm sure I'm sure Aaron will look in on the thread and then listen to the episode and then say, "Hey, I never got to see that picture." He's not supposed to listen to the episode. Yeah, he's never going to listen to this one. Uh, I want to answer one question here right away. We are always conspiracy theorists. Oh, yeah. uh, Nostradamus moments don't happen. That's called coincidence. Um, yeah, you, they just want you to think it's Nostradamus moments. Yeah, it's, it's marketing. TJ, has there ever been a time you looked at some Transformer stuff and just you thought something was really obvious and you went and looked at the fandom on the whole and no one else thought that? I'm not sure. Like, that's a that's really hard. Like, the way he the way he cites it to just look at a figure and go, oh, that's what that is. Like, that's a little bit tricky for me. For, for me, it was like I could remember when the club did its own Waspinator for Days of Future Past or. Or what? what whatever. I don't remember the name of the story. Yeah. <laughs> Convoluted time travel name. Yeah. Based on an X Men story. Uh. They did Waspinator in with the Megatron. And the Waspinator was one of the old uh, G two jets. And nobody takes issue with this, except for, like raise my hand and like no, that's 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 really stupid. Because he's he, he's a bug, why why would he have like a jet propulsion vehicle mode if he was a vehicle? Because part of me like part of me when I think of like bug flap wings, I think of helicopter blades. Hmm. Since we can actually confirm they're real while Aaron's not here. Yeah, yeah, I'm okay with that. Yeah. So it's like because I always remember like Cybertron buzzsaw and like that was like one of the most inspired remolds I'd ever seen. So there's something in my head that goes, well, if you're going to make him Cybertronian, then just, you know, you've got so many little helicopter toys. Just pick one. I got to ask you, then, how do you feel about um, birds and pterosaurs also always being done as jets? See, well, that I don't mind because you're working with this. You're working with the same principle of uh, aerodynamics there where you've got propulsion and the wings are there mostly to direct up and down and to glide across the across the you know air currents and air flows yeah you know whereas a jet just provides its own current by just going really freaking fast all right i i I wanted to confirm that you were making a distinction there yeah (laughs) oh yeah absolutely yeah like like for me it's like method of propulsion in flight because there are two types of flight in nature there is i'm flapping my wings furiously and my wings are just kind of there mm. you know and that's jet and helicopter to me i'm, I'm trying to th- i'm trying to think of a, an example of my own and the, the one that jumps to mind is i know that maybe the mindset's changed a bit now but in early days um i saw age of extinction scorn i messed with the figure and I was like, this is so awesome. This is one of the best new Transformers toys of the entire year. And I feel like while a lot of people have come around on Scorn, I felt like everyone was insane for a good couple weeks when I felt like the only person who was saying it. And I was like, yo, everyone, check out Scorn. And most of the talk was like, oh, these freaking movie toys. And I'm like, no, but everyone, look at Scorn. <laughs> and eventually I think people did come around. But for a good little while there... I was fighting my little one-man battle. But you see, I didn't have that experience because day one, I was right there with you. Well, there's, like, there, there, Scorn was incredible. Yeah, there, there, there were a chosen few, but, like, uh, Scorn, and, and, and Scorn, you know, people came around quickly once people started to mess with that toy. So this, this maybe is not the best example, but I just, I just remember that was one of those immediate moments. 
<clears throat> I guess another one, it's often just whenever we do this TFW staff picks and I go like, all right, what's something that I want to pick as like best toy of the year? And every now and then there are ones where I'm like, I don't understand how no one else is talking about this toy so much. Like two of my favorite examples are Deluxe Orion Packs and Voyager Beast Hunter Optimus, where I just felt like there were people who liked those toys, but they were flying under the radar for the most part uh, at, at the time when they came out. Um, identity stuff is mostly just things where I see Omega Supreme and I think he's so cool and I have no actual real good way to explain why. <laughs> well, everyone's got that. Well, that's a pet favorite, though. Yeah. It's like there's always like for me, it's like G2 Rapido. Like it's yeah. like it's one of those characters no one like very rarely ever comes up with. But I've, you know, you've got you know, in a very similar way. You have that connection to Spring because of your childhood, and I have it because of my childhood for Rapido. So it's just like that torch we carry for this oddball little character that nobody ever brings up. Yeah, and that no one ever seems to make new to like at least Rapido got a toy in in the lifespan of Botcon. Yeah. That's true. I'm still so mad that, like, it's not like we were like, a step away from a Supreme, but it was more no. the fact that Omega Doom was going to mean there would never be a Botcon Supreme, and that yeah. really got my got my cackles. <laughs> I was like... Well, they, ha- they had the Menasaur mold from Cybertron just sitting right there. Like, that's such an easy figure to do those characters from. Well, that, that's the thing, is if they were going to use that toy, from what I understand, if they were going to do something with Menasaur, it was going to be Shattered Glass Omega Doom. And I was like, come on! Come on! You can't do this to me! And <laughs> that, that was when I lost a lot of faith <laughs> in that whole system. Uh, I'll be frank, you gave it more time than I did. Um, now, you did remind me of something that's more on point to the example, is I can remember getting into a, <laughs> I get into an argument with a guy in a dealer room over whether or not the Dark of the Moon toys were good. It was like, I I think that's a little bit more widely accepted, but there was a point where it was like, I felt like I was the torchbearer for that toy line because it was just did things so much better than the last movie line. Yeah, the, a lot of these feel like, I feel like a lot of examples of this are going to either be those like personal nostalgia anecdotes like a Spream or a Rapido or -hmm. it's going to be things where it's like well you know back then (laughs) (laughs) and then and then eventually people came around for the most part I'm trying to think of something where people never actually came around on something that I think I think to be honest I think I think the way I enjoy movie Optimus Prime it is something that uh I thought was really obvious my first feeling of it being obvious was like on my second viewing of well my my half second viewing of Revenge of the Fallen and I, I don't think the general public is ever going to really come around on the way I see movie Optimus Prime. <laughs> Probably not, no. But, but, Though we do have a movie devoted to it. And it makes me happy. Um, <laughs> that is definitely a case where I just feel it is incredibly logical that that would be the story arc for that character. When people mm-hmm. are, are really like just upset, like, I can't believe what they did to Optimus Prime. I'm like, well, they, they didn't. That's movie Optimus Prime. The one you care about is is fine still. He's on those DVDs. This is a different Optimus who has this demented storyline. And this is also obvious to me. But uh, it's not something I can really ever convince people of. Yeah. Especially when you start dealing with outside of the, the crazy part of the fandom that I live in. You know, the super hardcore people. When you start going outside of that, it's just people looking in. Um, 
the whole thing about that being an Optimus Prime as opposed to the Optimus Prime is a notion that just is a barrier in that conversation. Like, there's right. no real way to, to, to forge a, a bridge across that for people. Um, I'm trying to think of off-topic stuff, too. Uh, <laughs> so I had one more thing that came to mind off-top, or on-topic, which was... Mm. Uh, Energon Infer- or Energon Ironhide not being the bad toy that everyone keeps telling me he is. Do do people still say that toy is bad? Uh, when I w- when I was when I was producing Plastic Addicts a lot more than I am now, uh, that was one of my most popular requests. It's like people were just on me for the, well, it's got the big stupid light box over his head. So like, but. Like that kind of balances the character's bulk and Well, I mean the the thing about that toy is he's got a big stupid light box in his head. If you were ever to rip that out and just put a normal head that folds away there, that toy's really cool. Yeah, like that was <laughs> really the like for okay, I will give you this. From the neck up, he's not great. Yeah. But you know what? I've like for all the flack that toy gets for like having the visible head thing. I've seen worse. Yeah, and from the neck down, that toy is completely <laughs> solid. Yeah, ninety percent of that toy is fine. In like, fact, for that for his line, he's actually pretty, pretty solid all around. Yeah, I I remember about fourteen years ago when that toy came out, just to make everyone feel bad. Uh, I was thinking that toy doesn't look amazing until someone bought one and then just transformed his legs into leg mode form and his normal robot mode. So he just had longer super robot legs. Mm-hmm. And it's like, hey, guess what? That kind of fixed most of my problems with his proportions. Cool. All right. I'm after that toy now. Also, he's like the best toy to combine with uh, Inferno outside of another Inferno. Um, if, if anyone out there has never tried it, Double Energon Inferno is awesome. Uh, I had Roadblock for that. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can, I mean, you can do that. But it, if you have Double Inferno, it actually, because, you know, it's all the same colors. Yeah. And you just glance at him, because his alt mode is already, like, a kind of, you know, Cybertronian thing, it can really trick you to make you think, oh, what does that single robot turn into? Yeah, like, that was some of the fun parts. Like, I remember I, I remember leaving the first day of BotCon 2010, and uh, the first thing I did was... Uh, Got back to my buddy Sean's place where I was staying. I, I, I take his slicer and I combine it with my slicer just to see what the super slicer looks like. Double slicer. So, yeah, double slicer. And it those toys look super nice when they are combined with themselves because everything aesthetically matches, colors match, proportions match. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't have lots of bad things to say about the Energon toy line. I don't know if that really is part is something that matches up with this question, but like in general, just like the perception of the Unicron trilogy toys, I always felt like after Armada, it it sometimes felt kind of bandwagony to me, like especially during Energon. Um, Energon was just like a super solid, not amazing in every way, but just a very solid and consistent line of Transformers. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, like Energon toys, I tend to defend. Like, like Unicron Trilogy, I feel like, just kept getting better and better. Yeah. You know, and if I'm talking personally, I think everything peaked at Cybertron, and I think everything's been downhill from there. <laughs> My G1 is Cybertron. My G1 is Cybertron. That's going to be, like, my—that's going to be my flag to carry. Just, like, back in my day, 
Well, we had I mean, cyber keys and we liked them. Let me let me again depress everyone. That that did debut about twelve years ago. Oh my god! So it it is the age of a child. Um, <laughs> I, I I still can't. I I know I've talked to people who actually are young enough to be able to tell me about this, but it still always wows me when it's like someone's childhood transformer is one that I saw revealed on the internet. Um, because seeing transformers revealed on the web is a kind of crossing point for me when I went from being like, I like Transformers to I am way into these things and I'm in the fandom. See, I kind of felt the same way because I feel like I kind of got interested again when R.I.D. came out mm-hmm. because now I, in my head, I can, I, I want to remember that, well, it brought the vehicles and the Autobots back and like this is back to what I grew up with, but... The more I think about it, the more I realize it's when I started getting online and started connecting to fandoms and the websites that were up at the time. Just, oh, like, it, it, like I realize in my head now, it's just like it was like I, you know, something that kind of reignited because I could connect to people now. And yeah. it was just me in my own headspace. And I mean, like, my first BotCon ever in high school was also the first BotCon where you could get car robots toys. So that whole line. It was my botcon hall basically <laughs> so I have, I have a lot of a lot of uh interesting memories and perceptions attached to those figures like the first time i saw them was on one of the first times i went surfing on the web for transformers info and it was like the tokyo toy show or whatever where they first displayed car robots and i was yeah. like those are transformers those look oh what are those mm-hmm. but yeah. yeah i i yeah i can remember those toys hit i was cruising those i just cruised all over town because they were starting to find uh, the ruination figures. Oh yeah, and like I had like, oh my god, they have G one toys back on the shelves. I have to have them. I have to have them. I went to like five stores in one night. Walked away with a roll bar. That's all I had. I found the entirety of ruination while in Palm Springs to help my mom compete in a fencing tournament. Uh, and I found the whole ruination in one. I think Target. Jeez. And I still remember that was so friggin' cool because I never had Bruticus as a kid. Uh, or as a little kid, so that that was like double new to me. Yeah, I was like, oh, this is like my first time with actual Bruticus, and this is a better version because all his stuff pegs together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, like that's how I was. Yeah, and and also I thought Ruination had better colors than Baldigus, so it was like triple win. I liked the gray armor better. I was always annoyed that Armor Hide was blue for some reason. And I guess I guess I just liked the blue. It was like an icy blue. Um, I always forget that he is blue in Ruination. <laughs> I don't remember a lot about Ruination other than the, the chest plate in the head. But uh, I was going to say, I hope that that answered your question, Daniel Zonenberg. Um, and thank you for the photo of Popeyes. It makes me want to go get some Popeyes, but they're closed. So thanks. Uh, or you, you have possibly still good bacon waiting. I know. I, I have a kilo of bacon that's past its date, but I put it in the freezer right on its date. So technically it should be fine. I'm going to chop it all up into bits, throw it in a pan and just let it go on low heat for like 2 hours. And then we'll see what it we'll see if it smells good. Uh, I never hear of anything being American. I never hear anything described as a kilo unless there's some shady backlot deal going on. Hey yo. When I say <laughs> bacon, I mean cocaine. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about what we got this week. 
Um, TJ, have you got any fresh Transformers for this episode? Um, I'm pretty loaded, honestly. Oh, man. Because uh, I got my private warehouse shipped and my uh, pile of loot shipped. And they arrived? Um, yeah. Okay. They've been here. Because I kind of went through what I got this week yesterday. <laughs> so I was hoping you would have gotten one of those things uh, so there would be something to talk about. Um, so uh, I, I guess, uh, yeah, just, a little, just tell me what you got Transformers-wise. And if it's something that I got recently, I'll, I'll, I'll have stuff to chime in. It's me rambling time. Okay. I'll interview you. Let's let's barrel through though, because also neither of us have eaten real food today. Yeah, that's. I ate something at some point. Did you though? I'm pretty. Sh- I think. Because if it wasn't made with real things, I'm not counting it. If it wasn't made with real, like, I've, things. E- I've eaten a taquito, but I didn't yeah. tell someone I ate food. So know? it's gonna be. There's a scene from Hook where I just imagined the food that I was eating. Yeah, everything was just like pink and green frosting. Or it's, you know, it's, uh, what do you call it? That stuff you people use instead of sugar. Uh, <laughs> I fructose corn syrup. And like, you people. And like emul- emulsifiers, you know, so it's chewy. Um, what? But what, what Transformers did you get? Uh, guarantee you did not get this. The Cyber Commander Bumblebee. I did not get Cyber Commander Bumblebee. <laughs> the evil thing is, during this podcast, someone on Twitter linked me to a shop that got the new Cyber Series figures in. Like, oh, oh. the the three I'm missing. Well, you, you gotta deal with that. <laughs> I don't... I don't want to. My but, uh, yeah. Wait till you hear some of the things on this list. Uh, my budget is taxed as it is. I mean, they're not going to go anywhere. The Presumably, audience, no. The fandom audience for those toys, is like you and about ten other people. So <laughs> I don't think you have to worry too much about. It. <laughs> That's probably the best way to describe it. I'm, I can't help it. I'm naturally attracted to junk transformers. Uh no for for what he is for what he was meant to be he is a fun figure like like most of the toy line he is just two knee joints short of being very passable is he based on any I'm looking at him on Big Bad is he based on anything uh, he's based on the R.I.D. Legion Bumblebee okay oh I, which, yeah the angle on the windshields which is really weird to go from something the size of a Legion toy that fits in the palm of your hand to something bigger than a leader class. Yeah, how, how tall is this? Um, God, I took it. Well, I, I was to say I took a shot of it. No, uh, I had a comparison to six shot. He's about an inch, inch, inch and a half taller than six shot. Oh, wow. Yeah, big. You know, keeping in mind, this was supposed to retail like 20, 25 bucks. Yeah, I, I I like the aesthetics on him a lot. Um, yeah. Aside from that windshield, which I, it's like the the windshield mush around his chest. I like, but I also wish was ever so slightly different. Yeah, a little bit. Like part of, part of me feels like the windshield should have been black, but there would have been a little bit too much black for the vehicle mode. Yeah. But I don't mind the look so much. Like he at least has this interesting design elements going on. And one thing that still amazes me is like the new sculpted stuff they created. There's a lot of attention to them. How's the head sculpt look? Cause the photo on big bad is fuzzy. Um, well that I think I can show, uh, the, the head sculpt's actually pretty cool. Like it does look like the battalion one. Like he looks like he has a car emblem on his forehead and, uh, he's still, he has this, he has the, like the vein, like the, uh, things on the side of the helmet yeah which 
all the all those figures in that line do for some reason. I don't know why. It's just a thing. But he's got more of the battle mask thing going. So he's actually a little bit closer to how he looked in uh, in the toy rather than the cartoon look. I'm doing a Google image search now, and there's actually there's a bunch of photos of this guy <laughs> all over the place. I'd never yeah. really looked at this before. Well, you're finding the other ten people. That's right. Guess what? All... One of them's Ben Yee. Surprise, Yay, surprise. Of course, of course it's Ben Yee. But no, it's it's a it's a fun toy for what it is. Like it's it's big and doofy, and there's something fun about having such a big toy that transforms so quickly and simply. Yeah. And I... again, knee joints, and he would have been pretty good. I wish these were on shelves so that I could like at least eventually get them on sale. Yeah. Because uh, yeah, the the online only part is is the biggest barrier for me. <laughs> But no, he's a goofy one, so. Uh, something a little bit more on topic, a little bit more current that you might actually own. I have my Leader Six shot now. Welcome to the club. How are your knees? You know, I heard horror stories. Um, Maybe I'm just more forgiving, but I, I think they're okay. Like, I, he's got joints on him that are way tighter. Mm. And, you know, and I feel like the, I wish the knees were that tight. But like, you know, he doesn't like he just doesn't like flail around if I'm holding him by the chest or anything. I think the nature of the knees uh, and some of the stuff I've been hearing is that it's a little bit variable um, how tight they are. Mm. And well, on mine, the weird thing was they were super loose when I took them out of the box, and about three hours later they were slightly tighter. So some kind of some kind of temperature s- stuff happened with him. <laughs> But no, like I, I can, I can pick a pose and sit him down, and he stays in the pose. So that's about all I ask out of my articulation joints. Just, you know, hold what I want you to hold, and that's fine. And uh, how do you find uh, his his transformation and stuff? I've got the G one six shot, so a lot of it is very familiar. Mm. Like I do like some of the. I, he's added more because, like, when I you see the photos of him, I just think to myself. He he is G he's like he is G one six shot with articulation, and to the point that's right. But you've got different elements to him, like you know the way the way his tail fins can now tuck away in some of his transformations, mm. which is that's nice that's different I like that that's my uh, single favorite thing on that figure. Mm-hmm. You know, I like that some of the transformations now uh, have, uh, like, the treads can move from one side of the arm to the other. You know, uh, I like the difference in how the legs work now. Mm. Like, little cha- little changes here and there. So, he's a very familiar toy. But there's still a little bit new there for me to play with. Uh, I, I, I don't think I've gotten to every mode just yet. I, th- I think for some reason I'm putting off the wolf mode. I don't know why. Oh, that's that's like, actually... It's not my favorite mode, but if I set my preferences aside, I think it's his best alt mode. Really? Um, only because it makes use of a whole lot more stuff than I thought it would. Mm. And a lot of his other modes, I really wish the arms locked in to something the way they do on... Uh, I think it's the car mode. <laughs> Yeah, like that—that that is an issue I had. It's like when it was G one and everything was like heavy ratchet joints, you can get away with that. But I really needed more peg-ins for 
some of his modes. It's only because they peg in so well on the one mode that I just was like, what happened to the other ones? <laughs> it is weird because it does feel like something should work there. Like yeah. there should be some like like even when they did like uh, R.I.D. Megatron, like the that I was just reminded of, like everything for the most part had a peg in to get to his modes. Yeah. Like, like even if it was like heavier ratchet joints, I just feel like it's a, it's a thing I prefer on a modern design toy mm-hmm. for there to at least be like a lip or something that it fits on, so I feel like it's connected and in the right place. Right. Like um, a bit of a tangent. There's like a perfect perfect effect has released their big uh, fancy third party Optimal Optimus, who looks really good. The one thing about him that kind of bummed me out from what I saw in some videos is his land vehicle mode. The arms ratchet super well to hold in place in that, you know, the funny position they're in, in that vehicle mode, um, forming a kind of front fender. Mm-hmm. But they don't actually attach to anything. And I'm like, all I wanted to see was a tab go into a forearm so that, like, at least I would know that it's in the spot. Even though, right. like, they clearly lock so well just on the ratchets alone, I'm like, I want that moment where I know I finished the step. Right, right. You, you know what? That actually, like, defines it pretty much for me. What was, like, mentally wrong in my head when it comes to transforming six shot. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, like, I, I'm programmed as a Transformer fan and just... If I move it to this position and I see a, like a peg or a tab that has an obvious slot on the other side, I know that's what I'm supposed to be doing with it. Yeah, and and in the case of six shot, I just don't even feel like tooling costs are a part of the conversation for that because it's like his whole arm is still there. So I I don't feel like I need those tabs to literally like fold away or anything. Right. Just like extra ridges here and there would have would have done lots for me, but. Mm-hmm. But the toy's out, and Black Shadow is a better toy. So <gasps> already crossed that bridge. Waiting for Overlord. I hope Overlord is easy to find. I I really hope so, because it looks like he might get stuck in that last wave of the line. I think you should just get him online <laughs> when he goes yeah. on sale. Yeah, yeah, that's, a, like, that's an instant pre-order when I see that. Yeah. Um, okay, so I guess moving on from there, because these to keep getting bigger, I have my Baldigus. How does he feel? Because I, uh, I haven't got mine yet. He's on, like, him and Megatronia are both on my, like, probably this summer gonna get them list. Mm-hmm. Um, so how, how does that set feel? Like, I, 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 from what I've heard, it doesn't seem like it's riddled with mold fatigue or anything, but... I'm no, sure. no. Um... I don't know what I don't know how often they refresh the molds or just cast like new ones from the mother mold, but he feels okay. Mm. Like, at the very least, he feels as good as like you know the the first Bruticus that I had, like maybe a little better than the G, than the uh, the G two. Yeah, of course he he does have like like the slight mold tweaks to him that uh, that like uh, Pyromagna and Megatr- Megatronia had. Yeah, so a few things hold up a little bit better. Uh, he still kind of sags a little bit. That's, that's, uh, yeah, in the hips, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, I don't think there's any, any, well, there, there's a really easy fix in, in that there's a Shapeways piece that will fix that, but 
I, yeah, I'm, I'm actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm really surprised that was never tweaked in the tooling because it is literally just, there's a little fork-shaped thing holding his hip gears mm-hmm. and Steam Shield made a new one that just alters the position of the forks slightly and it changes where the uh, the gears tend to stop to eliminate the sag. Hmm. Um, I still need to install a bunch of those on a bunch of my uh, versions of that mold. But I'm glad to hear that that the set uh, is is generally solid. Like, is how's how's the brawl? I forgot his name. <laughs> the brawl. Um, I, in in my head, I remember Armor Hide. Yeah. Uh, Dengar. I want to say. Oh right, right, right. The bounty hunter. Yeah, I was like, that's exactly how I remember it. Oh, the Star Wars guy. Like, is is the waist piece feeling all right on that one? Don't know. Uh, oh, he's a leg. He's he, he is he is a leg right now. Okay. I I will fully I will fully admit I haven't had time to completely goof with him yet. because that's fine. Things have been busy. So, like, the only one I really messed with individually was so far was uh, oddly enough, uh, uh, Gree Jeeper. Just because I still really, really love that mold. Yeah, no matter... it's probably the best mold in the set. Still. Oh, it's, it's, it's the Rook molds, the best in the line. But yeah, but uh, the only other the one the only other one I really messed with was <laughs> I'm saying Movor. That's the shuttle, right? Shuttler. Yeah, I, think. I see. That's, that's the thing. Even his like, American name doesn't make much sense. Like, no, no, no. They're both very GoBot. But like I, 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 that was my first outside of like strafe. That was my first experience with that mold because I didn't get the Unite Warrior Bruticus. Yeah. So that one I had to goof with, and that's that's an interesting figure. I mean, it's about as simple as you could make a space shuttle, I guess. Yeah. But and, and strafe is better. So <laughs> yes, yeah, strafe is. Um, what I liked is on the box art, how, you know, how it's typically like this cool shot of the robot and then the background's got all the vehicles doing their thing. Yeah. Uh, they fully acknowledge how bad the scale is on that. Because Shuttler is gigantic. Oh, that's awesome. Next to a tiny green Jeep. That's fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) It's like I'm happy for that. That's that's why I'm still like a long term goal is I kind of want to go complete on Unite Warriors because those box arts are awesome. Yeah, they are. Um, like I threw out my, all my packaging, but I sliced all the lids off. Um, <laughs> so I just ha- and they, and they have magnets in them, so they all stick together, which is great. Uh, yeah, but there's a thought there's a thought in my head is like I really wish these were the ones who came with the poster. Because yeah. like I like I like the combiner war art works I'm, I'm a pr- I appreciate that they come in posters just for the fact that I own a Computron poster now yeah man the Takara ones are so cool I hope that at some point it'll be possible to at least get like a nice art book of that stuff um but yeah that's that's like about twenty five percent of the reason why I want to still track down a lot of the Unite Warrior sets I don't have um. That and just I I really liked Combiner Wars, uh, but yeah, do, do the do the Computron feet work pretty well for those guys? Uh, they work well enough. All right, you know, like they they don't have anywhere to go when they're you know broken down. They just you stick them on doll railer, do the pyromagna thing, just put them onto his uh, his backpack. Yeah, I guess. Um, 
That's all. I can't think of any other questions I have about that set. It's kind of a straightforward one. Yeah, it's Bruticus. What do you want? Like, yeah. Uh, let's see, what is else beyond that? Uh, finally got my masterpiece Cheetor. How do you like that one? He's phenomenal. Like, I'm thoroughly impressed by how he works. Um, I take issue with him, but I fully admit that how you know, incredible the design work is to make him a thing. Mm. Like he looks incredible. Like I don't mind the cheat on the cheetah head. If it makes him look this good. And the fact that they went so detail oriented with him, like right down to his spots being pixelated. Yeah. Just to really get across. This is a CG skin. Really, really cool. And I, I fully am expecting they're going to just do like a non-pixelated brighter yellow toy colors version sometime down the road. Yeah, probably. Cuz I I can imagine this is this would be really hard to make a Tigatron out of. So like I the way I thought about it was just make him Tigatron with a different robot head and do it like the Beast Wars toy, but then like uh, I forgot where I saw it. Um the the Tigatron CG model actually had some other little tweaks here and there. Yeah, it was the main, mainframe was all up for cheating. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like we well we need to sell more maximals, but like we don't want to make another CG model. Mm. Fine, here here is a repaint. Just have fun. No, I could. I did take some work, but I could I could see it. They, they remold them to be a little bit pudgier in beast mode. Yeah, like he need he would need new arms, legs, and beast mode head. But it's Takara; they're willing to do that. And they could do something. I don't know how it worked for Tigatron, but if he doesn't have the thing where his beast legs are crisscrossed behind him, they could always do something else with those, too. Oh, no. He was exactly like that in the show. Like, the robot modes match up a lot better than the beast modes do. Oh, okay. Oh, no. I mean, I mean, did well, did Tigatron's model have that in the show? To my, to my recollection, yeah. Okay. I never even noticed that Cheetors had it until people pointed it out, because I was so confused <laughs> by the the solution the toy had for the legs, I was like, is this really the best option <laughs> to have them bike together like that? Uh, yes. As it turns out, yes. Yeah, I, I never I never realized they were like that in the show. No. Uh, he, he's really incredible, just in appearance. He looks like he walked out of the cartoon, which is amazing. Mm. Um, his shoulders are scary. Yeah. Because... Well, for starters, he's got this weird thing where his shoulders kind of have to, like, double hinge up on, like, internal hinges, and it's supposed to peg together at the top. But that connection point is so much looser than everything else, I can never get them to connect and stay there. I have seen... So I went looking, because it bothered me. I've seen no proof that those things are actually supposed to, like, click lock together. It feels like they're supposed to. I know, and it drives me nuts. But as far as I can tell... Like, looking at, at official photography and everything, they don't actually click lock together. They just kind of wedge. And, like, that's probably my one biggest problem with the figure is I, I really wish there was a click noise. That's, well, that's beginning of my show. It's like I wouldn't worry so much about that. It wouldn't be such a big deal if it wasn't for the fact that everything else in his shoulder joints is really tight. Yeah. And it all rests on these very small mushroom pegs. Yeah, I I I, tw- I twisted the uh, <clears throat> excuse me. I, I twisted the screws in his shoulders a little bit here and there to try to tweak things, basically immediately. Yeah, 
yeah, I will probably have to do the same right now. He's just sitting kind of pretty on my desk. But, like, I have seen people where uh, they're posting on Twitter where, yeah, they're completely snapped off. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's such a tiny little... To have, like, such tight joints in engineering leading off of what is ultimately just a very simple mushroom peg yeah. is a little bit strange to begin with. Like, that's not a masterpiece thing I would expect. But then again, given like the body shape and all that, I could see where getting like a pin stuck in there is probably not an option. Yeah, a lot a lot of that stuff in his shoulders bugged me a lot more until about a week or so past. And I think part of it was just that coming off of Primal as well, it's so different. Because mm-hmm. Primal is just like a, a little mountain man built out of ratchet joints, and Cheetor is absolutely not. Oh, no. <laughs> not in the least. And th- that's actually not a bad thing. It just it took me a while to get over that mm-hmm. no like for what for what like the other the other issue i've had with him so far is i can't get him i can't get his torso completely transformed while his cheetah head's attached it's tricky yeah like, like i probably fiddled with it for like a good 10 15 minutes trying to figure out where exactly this cheetah head was supposed to be positioned in order to actually make this work and i, I couldn't get it and I, the weird thing is, I found that cutaway shot in the instructions just made me more confused. Like, the, where they show you what the inside is supposed to look like? Well, when he, sh- yeah, well, when I saw that in the instructions, it looked like the head just vanishes. Yeah. It's like, was I supposed to remove it? It doesn't show it. Or is it just really badly drawn? I can't tell. I, I can, I, it, it definitely can fit in there, but it's, uh, it's just a, it's a certain accordion thing that is, I don't know how to describe. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, there there is a small advantage to taking the head off before doing the transformation, which is you, then you don't have to worry about it getting uh, smushed up in there. Right. Although I'm, I, I, I'm way less worried about the whiskers now that we've got confirmation that they're one long piece and not like six tiny pieces. Right, right. I did catch that. But no, like okay, so yeah, a little bit of uh, caveat to his engineering. But other than that, I'm really impressed by what they accomplished with him. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm I'm chomping to see what they do for Dinobot. Like oh, between Cheetor and Optimus Primal, there's those are two very different toys that combined could solve a whole lot of problems in doing Dinobot. Yeah, the debate I was having with a friend of mine the other night over Dinobot was how do they get the tail to be like beast art. Beat like Beast Wars, like articulate for masterpiece, and still become like the spin blade. Yeah, I feel like like to, the way that my brain works is I feel like there's a solution because it feels like a thing that I've seen toys do, but I can't tell you how or why. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's just for right now, it doesn't seem as impossible to me as it would have some years ago. Oh, uh, I, I well, I assume they wouldn't have announced it unless they had it figured out. So. Yeah, just a different tail. Just pull it mm-hmm. off, put the other one on. <laughs> that's yeah, that's the fear. That's the fear. So last up for my on topic. Yeah. Because this has to come last. It uh does. the MP thirty six Megatron. Yeah. Um everyone's getting them before me. <laughs> I don't mind because I'm getting to know a whole lot about it before I go in. And I already watched like two videos about it too. Yeah. It's actually probably for the best to have as much pre-warning as possible. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll ask you the things in the same order. Well, I didn't actually ask Seth everything. It just sort of came out this way, but 
How do you feel about the gun mode? That's everyone's thing, isn't it? Yeah. Um, gun mode, I am entirely fine with. Like, okay, the handle feels a little... Th- it feels a little thick in the hand in general. You know, it's a little bit wider than... Because I've held... I've, he- I've held... I've got the G1. So, like, I've held that one, which feels a little small. And I've held the original Masterpiece, which, guess how that one feels? So, I think it's fine. I mean, it's, it's exaggerated. It feels a little bit strange. I think, I think it feels strange because it's not... It's not curved or conformed like an actual gun would be in the hand. Mm-hmm. In the gun mode's defense, I do have a friend who says that in his hand, the gun feels perfect. Mm-hmm. I don't know how common that is, and I know it feels weird to a lot of people, but hey. I'm Wait. sure there's people who held the Masterpiece 05 and felt it was fine. Here's I, I got a thing I, that I tend to say when people make enough of a big point about how the gun feels to it being a major component of, of how they feel about the toy. Who cares? <laughs> I mean, like, it's, it's, it's his gun mode. It's more about the shape than about how it feels in your hand, in my opinion, at least. See, I'm the same way. I'm like, that's such a minor detail. Like, what, you're going to argue scale now? Yeah. I mean, this also enters into the thing me and Seth talked about a little bit, which is... There are a lot of people who buy Masterpiece toys. I'd say a lot. I don't know if it's a majority. Just a lot. Who have made it clear that generally their Masterpiece toys are in robot mode for 90% of their life. And th- this Megatron, I think, is is it's time to start asking the question again. Is it really all that bad? The idea of them maybe just selling a Megatron who is just a posable robot. Who has aesthetics that match Masterpiece. Because... If you buy this, as, from what I've seen, if you buy MP36 and you're never going to transform him, you've spent a whole lot of money on something you're never going to interact with. Yeah. So, wh- like, it's the fact that a lot of a lot of the hardcore big money fans, uh, there's a lot of them who tend to leave things in robot mode, and also a lot of them who tend to knee-jerk scoff at non-transforming transformers. And I'm kind of like, I don't understand why you're scoffing at the non-transforming ones. At, at certain points. Yeah. See, for... I, I think it's just, like... Well, for, for starters, there is the visual... There's the mental thing of... It has to transform or it's not a transformer. Like, that's just a component that has to be there or else it doesn't count. I know, it's just... it's Especially with, like... Um, I, I lump Soundwave into this as well. With guys like Megatron and Soundwave, at a certain point, I'm kind of like... If you don't engage with the transformation... Would it not be a boon to not be paying for it while still getting like a really poseable, really good robot mode? Yeah, I feel yeah, but I feel like that's a really small audience that would actually accept something like that. That's the thing. I I feel like the fact that it's a small audience who'd accept it is is starting to become kind of weird to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, like personally for me, it's just like I like that the option is there. Because mm-hmm. I do, like I do have, I I like I've got like my all the best stuff of my collection on display in like in robot mode, and there are times where I just like, you no, know, I just need something for my hands to do, 
you know, or like uh, listening to a podcast or I'm waiting for something to encode. It's like, it's nice to just walk over to the wall, pick up something that I haven't played with in a long time and go, all right, let's, okay. I, I want to reconnect with this figure a little bit. I, I remember liking this figure and I'll just mess with it for a little bit. Mm. The options there. And I like having the option to be you know, available to me. Whereas if I just pick, like, I've got a Unicron statue. It's like, I can't pick him up and go, oh, that's it. Yeah. Well, yeah, s- speaking of hand do, uh, how, how do you feel about what is a lot of what you paid for on that toy? The transformation. <laughs> that God. For starters, like Cheetor, I am amazed at what they accomplished. Mm-hmm. It is a phenomenal piece of engineering, and it baffles me that a human being thought this up. Yeah. Because there's parts on that toy where it's like I'm folding thing in both both from both modes. It's like they both modes have parts where things unfold and things collapse in on each other. The the moment when I realized that that toy's transformation was really something else is when I watched a video going robot to gun and Megatron was still standing there. His limbs and his shoulders and hips were all just standing there, but the middle of his torso and his head had become the front of the pistol. Yeah. And I was like, all right, this is something else. This is some mm-hmm. something going on here. This is really cool. Yeah. Like I talk about transfer I talk about tricks in masterpiece toys that kind of set their engineering level apart from a standard toy. Megatron is nothing but tricks. Because to accomplish what he accomplishes, he has to be. Like, every single decision that toy made is how do we transform Megatron in a way that, while following that basic skeleton, is not obvious whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Like, right down to his legs, right down to the way his thighs work, it's every single decision is a new and interesting decision that doesn't make you go, oh yeah, that's how the old toy transformed. Right. Like... You, you've got feet that turn themselves inside out and unfold to create, like, the front of the gun. Like, yeah. You, the lower, like, the, the way the lower legs collapse on double hinges in opposite directions to flatten for the handle. And you still have extra pieces out that form the finger guard of the gun. Yeah. Like, and, and it's seamlessly, it's like blends to the robot mode still. Like that that's the part cuz my first reaction was like oh they did the DX9 trick with the legs but I was like wait a second the DX9 trick meant that DX9's Megatron had squared legs this Megatron still has curvy legs what did they just do I need to rewatch that part cuz I don't actually understand how the legs just change shape yeah <laughs> but like I did the I actually went through the instructions and I counted like you count like and I think on this toy it's entirely appropriate to count like what the left arm does as a set of steps, what the right arm does as a set of steps. Mm-hmm. Instead, like we've been trained to go, well, if the if both arms come up, that's one step. You add all that together, it's a hundred steps to transform this toy. Like th- this, I this I need to take a half hour out of my day to get to gun mode. So the the big question I have in your experience is like it's going to be different for everyone, but like. When you're doing it, does the toy feel good while you're doing it? I will say it feels stable. Mm-hmm. Nothing's rickety about it, and 
aside from a few sections toward the end, it didn't feel like I kind of it didn't feel like I had to fidget to get things to where they needed to go. Yeah, um, there's some scary moments. There are some things on there that are really tight. Oh, and yeah. Like, I, I'm I'm happy that I know going in to just loosen those hip screws or uh, whatever it is. Yeah. The, yeah. The hips are I, I heard about some, someone pulling the leg off. That was, the, the that was a photo that was going around. Um, it was when the first photos came out of someone who had broken the barrel off. Mm-hmm. Uh, in that same batch of photos was was also someone who had just ripped an entire leg off at the hip. Yeah. Uh, the hip I'm not as worried about because having read, you know, wider feedback on the toy, it seems like that's either a freak occurrence or someone didn't know that they could have just loosened a screw. Right. I will t- I will tell you there's also a little uh, there's a little port that gives you access to where the two pieces of the hips connect. Yeah. So if you want a little bit, if you want to pry bar it a little bit, you can. Just to get it started. Yeah. So I didn't have an issue with that. Like it, it was tight, but I managed to figure it out. Um, there were two panels on his arms that were like scary tight for me. I think I don't know if it was a panel on his arms or a panel on his back, but a friend of mine did break a panel somewhere. It's a panel that you don't really get to see in robot mode, but like it was a very tight panel and it just kind of gave out under the wrong stress. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me if it were the same ones, and I wish I could tell you which ones, but he's got like a thousand panels on him. I'm just going to go, th- my first transformation, I'm going to just turn on Wotafa's video and go super slow, like I did with the Macross toy that I got. Yeah, probably a, probably a good idea. Yeah. Um, I, I, I will echo the sentiments about his paint being pretty easy to damage. Yeah, I, uh, that, that, that was actually one of the parts about that toy where I, I kind of got a little annoyed is... Like, it's cool that he's literally covered in paint. Yeah. But I'm like, oh, God, how much of that is, like, stuff I'm paying for that maybe I would have been happier to not pay for? Yeah. Like, can we knock 20 bucks off of this and we'll just go with gray plastic? Because it's like, it's cool he's covered in paint, but at a certain point, is that paint actually enhancing things everywhere? Yeah. Because if it's if they were going for something metallic, I'd understand, but it's not. It's like intentionally made to make him look flatter, like they're going for like how he would literally look in the cartoon. Because I was I was gonna ask you, like, have have you had much trouble uh, when attaching the extension pieces to the gun mode with the barrel? Uh, I did have a little bit of chipping when I put the when I put the uh, silencer on. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to just go right in and try. There's like a guide going around where someone figured out what two spots to, to sand down inside that piece. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have saw, a go with that. Yeah, I saw one solution was to just gut the core out of it, which seemed extreme. I'd much rather just know where to sand it off. Yeah, no, it's, it's two very specific places. Um, and one of them is like literally just take a half millimeter off. Mm. Yeah, but it was the two major points was that and if you want to remove his uh arm cannon mm. that said he can transform without ever removing the arm cannon so that's awesome yeah again full of tricks and you know if i chip like if you're saying i might chip the paint on where his arm cannon attaches at least it's the connection point yeah it's a connection point like if you just yeah, you know, if you if you always want to see that scope on his gun mode you have no reason to ever see wh- what damage you did does that mean they painted on a part that his gun clips onto? Uh, yeah, like uh, they literally just painted like every surface they could. 
Maybe that was cheaper than painting select spots. You know, I, I I will say this. I think it is simply because, like, that cyber bumblebee of mine, like, everything from legs all the way down is painted in black. And it literally looks like they just dunked it in black paint mm. instead of, like, going in with an airbrush and just doing the outsides or doing just the specific spots. No. There is something strangely cheaper about just getting a whole big swath done rather than going in and specifically doing parts. Well, that, that's what I think I read was discovered about part of the root behind what's making uh, paint chip off the barrel when you attach the, the front piece to it. Mm. The front piece is painted on the inside. And so it's a combination of friction and also paint hitting paint. Yeah. So like one like in that guide it was there's a little spot to to shave just a half millimeter off so it's easier to attach and, and remove the front part and then the other place you sand is just the entire inside of a certain piece of the cylinder cuz there's paint in there you, that you're never going to see and so just sand it all down and then you have a clearer path for the the painted gray barrel to go in or something like that um the, the the guide's on tfw somewhere it's it's been making the rounds on facebook i shared it on my my evangelist central facebook page entirely for my own reference <laughs> um so the the robot mode like you know go getting outside the transformation to gun yeah. mode um that seems to be the highlight of the toy are you uh are you feeling that way uh yeah like absolutely like i, th- I think some of the photos we pe- we uh figured this one out if uh, you look at his biceps from the wrong angle, they are very thin. Yeah. That said, it is an angle you're probably not going to see all that often. Uh, mm-hmm. So as long as you're looking at it from the front, he is so picture perfect. It's just uh, it, it is scary how good he looks just standing there like right out of the box. Like all I had to do was just like point his arm forward with the cannon attached and it just looked like megatron stepped right out of the show well that you saw the or have you seen the the photo that pia took with the black costume spider-man toy to replicate the cover of, of oh, issue three no i have not it looks perfect like that was the moment when i really was like oh god they really nailed that robot mode yeah like in person it is spectacular and like all that articulation and a lot of it sounds ratcheted uh, what really amazes me is how poseable that robot is, given how much it also can transform into a gun. Right. Like, so many moving parts that, as far as I've seen, don't, you know, decompose in your hands when you're you're bending the leg or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my first goal when I got this toy was to instantly do the uh, the death of Optimus Prime as a photo. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, like, I've got him with, like, you know, like a headlock on, on hot rod. Yeah. He's in, like, he's in the position from the movie. He's got the gun forward. He has no problem with it at all. Yeah. No, like I I have my own little things here and there with that robot mode that, that, um, I wouldn't have minded being different. Even seeing how good he looks in poses. I'm like, it's really, it looks really good with the caveat that, I think his torso is a little bit short compared to his, you know, his legs and stuff, which matches artwork completely. Yeah. It's just as a personal aesthetic thing. I'm like, that's not my favorite. Like that and the size of his head are both things where I'm like, I would have liked those to be different, but it's not like ruining the toy for me. I, I could see I could see his torso being a little bit too short for some. I've heard that before. I think the head's fine. 
Like, yeah, th- th- I think I think it really it depends who I see the toy next to. Um, there are some toys that just make his head stick out to me more than others, but I think that might be different when I see him in person. Probably will. Um, but yeah, that 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 robot mode seems like just fantastic. Oh, it is. It absolutely is. Um, my 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 other big question I had for Seth, I'm going to ask you is, um, so he has like a massive amount of accessories. Mm-hmm. Um, do you feel like you're getting your money's worth out of that entire massive amount of accessories? Well, I know where my money goes to in this figure. Mm-hmm. Like it, it is paint and engineering. Absolutely. And it works to brilliant degrees. Um, the accessory count is, I, I, I am a fan of it. Like there's, there's a lot of fun to be had just for like, megatron's very happy expression oh yeah because there's so much photo potential in just him just being so happy over the dumbest things but um all the faces are really good and i'm happy to say it's a very easy swap to get from one face to the other that's what i've been here i'm so happy to hear that because that's like that is a a universally superior thing official masterpiece toys have been doing over third-party ones yeah um some third-party ones can do it really well but like Official Masterpiece Toys, it's like, no, you're never going to have to fight to switch the faces because they don't want to make you bust out a screwdriver to do that kind of dumb stuff. Yeah. I'm used to, like, figure arts where, you know, some heads I have to dismantle, like, two layers of components just to get the face off. Hate it. I hate it. Mm-hmm. It's like, no. if, I, if, I, if it's work just to switch an expression, that makes me never switch the expression. And then I have these face plates I paid for that I'm not using. Yep. And it, it bums me out. Yep. Just a little push under the forehead. Just pops it up. Swap your face. You're done. Uh, the, the chest is a little bit tighter to switch on and off from this flat to the battle damage, but it, it's, it's, it does work mm. if you, once, once, you, once you figure out where the catches are. Uh, the, ma- the mace is nice. I like that the mace has like an actual chain link to it. And if you don't like that, you can swap it out for one to like actually do swinging poses. Yep, uh, no, I'm, uh, I know. I'm I I am the guy who's going to hit that that little actual chain link one will be living in a bag somewhere <laughs> for most of its life. Yeah, I, I can imagine. <laughs> that was my biggest annoyance with like the first masterpiece Megatron, and any time they do that mega that accessory for that matter. Yeah, every third party one um, has a, an actual chain, which is great. It's a great piece of presentation. Then I want to pose the toy, and all of a sudden, oh, right, this actually doesn't really work. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's great that it has that, that still chain. The still chain still has uh, posability to it, too. Mm-hmm. So you can vary your swing a little bit. Yeah, and, and I do like that, he, I like that he comes with his little laser dagger and the gun that killed Optimus Prime. Yeah. Which is always a fun accessory to have when a Megatron comes out. I love that the blade from the dagger can become the blast effect for that gun. That's real smart stuff. That is a brilliant touch. Because, let's be honest, that dagger sucks. Fictionally. It like, it, it's a cool accessory, but in the fiction, that dagger is, is Star Wars cash-grabbing garbage. <laughs> and I'm glad it never accomplished anything. It got... No, it got one good hit. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, gave, it gave him that soft spot to aim for. But then it also convinced Megatron to do one of the dumbest attacks in the history of anime fight scenes. <laughs> Just leap up. 
Yeah, and then somehow go face first into a fist <laughs> while swinging a sword. Like I don't. He and he had the sun behind him too. It's, yeah, so he should have been blinded. Yeah, it should have been easy for him to not go face first into a punch, but leave it's it like, to, leave it to Megatron. Yeah, it's such a it, well. It, you know, you know this. It's a pro wrestling setup. Yeah, it's, it's like watching someone like jump off the top rope for an RKO. And like it, they're it looks like they're doing a big move, but all they're doing is sticking their chin out as far as possible. Yeah, it's, it's weird how he went for that double axe handle and then kind of just went face first at the guy yeah. with his arms outstretched, like he's trying to fly. Oh right, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, I was I was gonna say the the actually the, the accessory that made me the most happy uh, in photos is his immensely stupid mind control hat. That's again hysterical. Yeah, like. So many shots of Megatron's expressions and that, and just pretending that he's like do like playing an online game with a mic. How, how does it feel to go on to his like already bucket head? You know, you know. I'll be honest. I don't put it on that often. Like, does it does it feel like kind of scary tight, or does it just slip on? Oh. Uh... Oh, live, oh, live trial. Just remind me. Um, okay, yeah, you're not gonna have to worry. Okay. Like, it, it, yeah, it just kind of, it just kind of pops on. Ah, uh, makes me like, happy. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's nothing, there's nothing really rough about it. It just kind of finds this uh, little friction spot and stays put. Uh, actually, on actually on mine, now that I notice it, it kind of curves a little bit to the right. I wonder what that is. Mold flash. Mold I have, flash. I have no idea. I, yeah. But no, he looks he looks fine with it. Well, I got I got but. I got one last question that I asked Seth as well, and I, and it is a bug that got put in my ear on Twitter, and I was like, that's actually a really cool question to think about. Because uh, do you think there would be a place for like an e hobby release of that toy in like you know comic colors or megaplex colors, um, where it's just Megatron and his arm cannon and his spare faces? Um, I think you could get away with maybe the black Megatron. Yeah. Um, I really don't foresee any real, like, real market value for, like, a Megaplex, considering Megaplex just switches the red for blue, and he has very little red on this toy. I was just thinking, like, like primarily, uh, like a, a quote-unquote light version of the, the whole package, where you just get Megatron and his faces... So you don't have like all the extension parts, all of the accessories and everything. It's just like the very core experience of the toy. What I would expect would be a well well, I, well, I think I said it before, is like since he lends himself to so few repaints, I wouldn't mind seeing like a toy centric version. Yeah, like where, in silver. Well, I, I do I, I might do like metallic silver plastic rather than risking paint again. No, just just let's see. We already did it once. I, yeah, but <laughs> Yeah, but you're gonna cater to people who are kind of leery about the first release. Yeah, but like I would, I would probably do it with like the standard Megatron face, like that, and then just have a bunch of swappable faces that look more like his toy. So you have oh, you toy have, face like, would a, be cool. Yeah, so you have like visual options to work with. I, uh, I, I also would really like to see him released. You know, again, just like just the pistol mode, no extra bits in like the safety colors. <laughs> that would be fun. 
what what was it like the the lava force or lava attack megatron yeah, Mag- they had magma to... attack megatron yeah just do that um oh yeah i'm i'm really glad to hear how many people are pleased with that figure once they've got him in hand um and i'm i'm oddly glad that there's also a there is a kind of outspoken opposition to how that figure turned out because it <laughs> validates the fact that there are currently if you add them all up there are five masterpiece style megatrons now available like from mp5 onward uh and they all look very different they all handle very different and they clearly all have places in people's in different people's collections like i think it's super cool it's it's interesting to me that little nuances like those can actually affect someone's opinion of something so heavily like, I'll find you. Um, Ian Reed did a, a side-by-side of all five Megatrons because he, he borrowed two of mine uh, to have the whole like lineup. Mm-hmm. And I think it's incredible to look at. Um, I just got to scroll through his timeline a bit to find it. He even transformed them all into gun mode. <laughs> I think it took him a whole day. Oh my god, I couldn't imagine. Um, Apollyon is apparently still terrible to turn into a gun. <laughs> uh... It's just remembering my my uh, dealer friend at Metrocon who once told me about a day where he had to he had to spend an entire afternoon transforming Revenge of the Fallen Mixmasters, like a whole bunch of them. Yeah, that's not a fun day. No, no, it sounds like an awful day. <laughs> uh, here's the photo with uh, all of them lined up in chronological order, and uh, oh god, it's, it's the evol- evolution of Tron. MPO5, I always forget just how sloppy looking that dude is. Oh, yeah. But in kind of an endearing way. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's just really cool because you got like you got MPO5, which is I was designed in 48 hours. You've got Apollyon, the first third party masterpiece Megatron, who's kind of just like if MPO5 went to the gym and got clothes that fit, you know, instead of that weird baggy everything that he's wearing. Yeah. And then you got Mitron, who's basically the G1 toy reborn. You got Despotron, who's video game Megatron from Devastation. And you got MP36, who's like, what's up? I'm anime. And it's like, they they all have a place. The first two, I don't think, have as much of a place. (laughs) But they all have places. They they have a beautiful place on eBay. Do they, though? Well... They used to. They have a beautiful place on eBay if you're looking to get them. If like, you're looking I'm, to get rid of them, probably not like, so much. Well, like, make, like, MP36 was announced and I still managed to sell off my Masterpiece Megs. Like, someone took it. I'm amazed. <laughs> so was I. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like, the just the, the, the legend of high-end g1 megatrons has kind of come full circle there's very there's 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 like maybe one more aesthetic corner that could be tapped but that's about it like just finding like the slightly more uh toy tinged balance i guess um that still has a lot of the cartoon in it like maybe that's like the 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 sixth megatron that could exist Mm mm-hmm but uh I'm glad that I'm glad that you're digging MP36. I'm glad that like so many people are digging it and I'm I'm really looking forward to messing with one. You should you should like it, but clear your calendar when it comes to transforming them. 
That's all right. I, I already had to do that for that Macross toy. <laughs> so I'm all... I have a process now. Oh, that's always good. So, yeah, uh, that's my on topic. All right. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I, I, I talked about most of mine yesterday. Uh, for you, I was just going to yell a bunch about the Scorpionok I got. Uh, Ooh. It's the third-party one by Mastermade. Uh, which oh, is, is it the extra spiny version? Yeah. Um, it's actually a, a really fun toy to mess with. Because you know the gimmick I told you about where he comes with two little scorpion friends who can plug onto his claws to turn them into straight-up hands? Yep. Uh, it's the simplest, most elegant transformation for doing that I could have ever imagined. Really? There are so many moving parts that, like... Um, there are two different points of movement that let the thumb of the claw turn into a more human-like thumb. Mm -hmm. So you can, like, reposition it to be on the top of the, the hand as opposed to being in the middle. And then the two other claws, you just spread them apart, you peg the scorpion on, and now he's got five fingers. Like, it's just a peg and a tab, and it holds on super solid. It's, it's so elegant. Hmm. um it, it's it's a great figure it's a shame that it now costs 200 dollars um having messed with it i can totally see how mastermade probably went like all right let's produce it got through their first you know swack of mass production and went like wait we're charging how much this cost a lot more to make than we thought it would um because like his feet uh sadly he doesn't have very much articulation from the waist down like he's got all the points of articulation but like he's he, like he's kind of missing some things like I really wish he had toe joints, but his feet from the ankle down, that is just a gigantic piece of die cast that's Ooh. painted in a whole lot that's painted and then has a bunch of colorful plastic attached to it. But the dark gray part is just a giant piece of die cast. Jeez, how big is this thing? It's bigger than anything else they released. Um, that so doesn't tell me anything. He's he's over eight inches tall. OK, um, not not including the tail um so he's very large uh and the only thing about him i mentioned this this uh last episode the only thing about him is really weird because it actually isn't a critical flaw he's got like ratchet joints in his arms that are so loud they cause echoes when they go off <laughs> and like if you look inside his shoulder you can see a massive spring in there for the ratchet joint um his from the waist down it's all friction joints and so his hips are not ratcheted and i really feel they should be that said they hold position fine which is really weird because when you move them they feel super loose but then you stop moving them and put them down and they hold position like he doesn't tip backwards from his backpack hmm. yet if you pick him up and shake him his legs will you know go back and forth kind of floppily so I don't actually know how that works. <laughs> that is bizarre. But uh, like, I, like where, where the hell is our engineer when we need to figure out how this works? He's like going over to California, like some kind of fancy pants guy. Oh my God. We we need you here to talk about toys. Yeah. What's so important in California? Freaking helicopter man. Yeah. Uh, the, the other thing about the toy that I thought was a really pleasant surprise, because when you look at this guy and how, you know, complicated he looks, I, I was thinking like, oh, this transformation is going to probably suck. But turning him into a scorpion is, again, rather elegant, and I, I really liked it. Um, the only downside is his base mode is kind of nothing. 
There's there's nothing in his engineering that unless I'm missing something, there is no dedicated piece of engineering in his body for the base mode. It's just you can arrange the toy to look like that. Granted, not not entirely different from the G1. Yeah, basically, <laughs> it, like like that base mode is just you take the scorpion mode, point the arms up, and move the legs forward. <laughs> Uh, and then, like, they even tell you in the instructions, push down on the back until his feet are flat on the ground. I'm like, okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> so the base mode's kind of a nothing. But, like, the scorpion mode, I think, uh, it's, it's fun to transform between the two. The headmaster transformation is really cool. The headmaster himself is kind of a butt to get back into the helmet. Like, it's, it's not, it's, it shouldn't be as hard to do as it is. But the connection point is kind of blind because it's behind a bunch of stuff. So you have to feel its way in, and it's just harder than it should be. But in the, on the whole, like it's such a designed figure, it makes me very happy. So just just so you know, if you ever sit sit there and are going like, man, I wish I had another Scorponok to buy. Um, this one this one turned out pretty well. See, I've had a friend try and sell me really hard on this one, but I can't pay that for a Scorponok. I have a desk size Scorponok. I don't need this one. Yeah. If, I don't know if things ever line up properly. I can just tell you, you, it's a fun thing. The scorpions, their tails are basically unfolded shotguns. <laughs> like their tails fold up and unpeg, and it's a pair of shotguns. It's kind of cool. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I don't have anything else new really to talk about on topic or, or off topic that I can think of. Um, I had some idea for a stupid. This is an off topic thing, but I, I don't remember what it is anymore. Uh, do you have anything no. off topic to talk about? Um, I do, but to keep it concise and because I don't know how much I'm going to have next week, I will give you the choice. All right. Um, Sentai or Rider? Let's do Rider. Rider. All right. Uh, got my Gas Shat Gear Duel. Is Just... there more than one of the, or is that the Paradox one? That's Paradox. Okay. Because it's, it's similar to the, the one for, for the other two boys, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's the same mold. Yeah. Like, it's the same gimmick. Well, this one does have the caveat that it works as a hinge device without a belt. Yeah, yeah. They, they program the sounds to be friendly. Yeah. I'm very tempted by that one because of the voice that's in it. Yeah, it's a... what? Well, the, the voice is a little bit of a contention for me. Because... It's a it's a cool gimmick to have such two different styles and feels in one gashat. And the fact that it's like a completely different one when you use it in the belt is even better. Yeah. So, okay, cool. Three different ways I can play with it. That works. Um what gets on my nerves is the fact that it's it's very clear that whoever was doing the voice acting was basically just doing his voice for knockout fighter the whole time. Mm-hmm. And then just the perfect puzzle stuff was added in. Because he's got, there's this really creepy voice to all the perfect puzzle stuff. Yeah. But there's an announcer that does all the generic noises on both sides. And like all the, uh, all the function announcements. Oh, yeah, yeah. I I wonder if part of that is just like the, the, the soft limitation of what they're willing to do as far as like how many things they're going to put on the chip. Well, here's the thing. I can completely understand that. And, and thematically, that kind of works because, you know, it's the same voice for all the standard gas chats, even though they all use different music. You know, and that's supposed to be how it works, except the voice for the announcer is the same voice, the exact same voice as Knockout Fighter. Mm. 
So it just sounds like he just started doing this really creepy voice for like three lines. Those lines, though, like the, that voice is why I've been interested in that thing. Yeah, like, I, I love the perfect puzzle voice. Yeah, I, I will. I will admit, like I more often than not, if I pick it up and goof with it, it's because I want to hear a perfect puzzle. Yeah. But it is a fun toy to goof with. Like one thing that one thing I ended up liking was depending on where the gear is in the in the uh, belt mode, it makes uh, different finishing noises. That's cool. I, I like I like it when you got those kind of layered. Uh, what do you call it? I guess flow charts built into the chip. Yeah. But like, like it, it's cool. It's cool enough until you get to parts where like. Okay, so when it's in the belt, what it's displaying is an upside down perfect puzzle. <laughs> and there's because the, like the the way it works is like on one side is perfect puzzle and the light up and you see the sticker of him inside. Yeah. You know, just like there's his rider form and you flip it over and there's another clear window and that's where knockout fighter lights up. You see his form. But in that little thing it comes with for his finishers like that. Uh, yeah, the little belt giant, thing. giant gash at slot is what it is. Yeah. Um, the only window is for the perfect puzzle side. Ah, like so, like you don't get to see uh, knockout fighter at all, even though knockout fighter is lighting up during his finishing blow. You it, just never see it. it. It also like makes me really certain that like while you can put it into the the main X aid belt, like they probably are are designing the thing to go with some redecoed remolded X8 belt that probably shows something else. You'd have to completely remove the mirror gimmick though. I just I'm wondering cuz he hasn't he hasn't plugged the thing into a belt in the show yet, right? No, but god, not knowing where listeners might actually be in the show, I said he's got a driver floating around that's doesn't yeah. have a user right now. So I'm pretty sure he's just going to be using the same old belt. I'm just wondering if, like, maybe he'll use it, it'll, it'll, you know, a special effect will recolor it, and then in a few months it'll be like, hey, guess what's up for order? The Paradox version belt. <laughs> Wouldn't shock me. But... Yeah, this, the, the, the whole way, as cool as I thought it was, the whole way that they kind of stagger-released the Buggle driver mm-hmm. makes me think, like, there's probably going to be some kind of, like... I call it a patch, I guess, for the display on when you plug the the, the thing into a, a full on belt transformation. Um, yeah, I'm 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 being good and not buying any more role play toys right now. Um, I'm I'm just watching YouTube videos and being satisfied. But that one is the one that I almost was like, maybe I'll just do this, and then I stopped myself. <laughs> well, yeah, it's still that rabbit hole you have to avoid. Yeah. You know, it's a fun toy for what it is. I still don't have the, I still don't have the beta version for for Snipe and Brave. So when I saw that all the beta versions were these things getting packed in with things, I felt so pleased that I ended up not getting into Gashats. Because <laughs> I was like, when they did that kind of stuff with Lock Seeds, most of that wasn't actually in the show. Right. But then, like, when I saw in the show, like, oh, here's all the prototype versions. I was like, oh, you guys are scum. <laughs> well, the proto ones they're using as, as like, promo releases. Like, when I say the proto Gashat, that's what uh, Snipe and Brave's big one is oh! called. Okay, that, never mind everything I just said. That was me not knowing the name of the thing. <laughs> yeah, uh, the proto Gashats you're thinking of are usually held as, like, bonus items with, like, DVD, like special DVD releases, or... And, and they have slightly different jingles. 
That's what bugs me. Yes. Yeah. That that's what that's where I was like. This is evil. This is really evil. Uh huh. It's like uh, I could come up with a really cool mighty action X if I had the black one. <laughs> um. No, I'm uh, I'm 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 enjoying that gimmick even though I'm staying kind of at arm's length. Yeah. Uh, the gimmick is still really fun. Like that's that's, that's the entirety of my writer gets this week is like. I also got mighty uh, maximum mighty X. Yeah, that, I mean that thing looks like it is a great uh, cousin to the cosmic switch from Forze. It kind of is. It, you do have that satisfaction of just that big button to activate everything. Yeah, that's actually why I still haven't gotten rid of any of my Forze stuff. Is I was about to put it all together to sell. And I pulled out the cosmic switch and pushed the big red button. I was like, well, let's keep all this for, uh. <laughs> you know, I've had the same thought just with this big box of switches that I never use anymore. And then I realized, like, no, I've, I've got that cosmic. Yeah, I, I, I need to hang on to that cosmic. Um, no, it's, it's a fun one to work. with. It's far more limited, of course, because it doesn't have like the two sided thing going. Yeah, but. You know, it's fun for what it is. It's it's got a lot of really cool like triumphant noises, and it's got that slot on the side that all the photograph is very careful not to show. Mm-hmm. It's that, like, oh, uh, ignore this. Yeah, like there's a little tiny switch that makes this heavenly noise when you hit it, and so I'm, it's making glad, it flash whole colors. I'm glad that's back though, because they, they didn't have that in Ghost, right? Um, because that, that's no. like that's like the Kiwami Lockseed gimmick from Gaim. Right. I, I liked that a lot. What I liked about like what Kachidoki and Kiwami did was that you could find that stuff in uh the Kachidoki lock seed and you had no idea what it was for or what it did. Yeah. Like, okay, there's just this slot and this extra panel that opens up and I got a clue that something really cool is gonna happen, but I have no idea what it is yet. And then, like, this is kind of the same way, where all you get is one noise and a different light show. You know, and clearly there's something that's supposed to be substituting in everything else. And I have no idea what it is yet. Yeah. Well, like, I kind of I do, but I kind of don't. I mean, you can look at toy solicits. Yeah. And... <laughs> so, okay, okay, so yes, they told me two months ago, but... If I pretend let... I didn't look at that, then... Yeah, it's role play. I'm playing the role of ignorant shopper. Yeah. Well, excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the, the last one being because, okay, I will say I will say this: when it came to like main gashats, I I stopped at Drago Night Hunter. Like I didn't get the I didn't get the stupid burger one. Mm-hmm. Fun episode, but I didn't get the stupid burger. I have I didn't get the like every writer one is out now or something like that. I didn't get those. And they had, like, the ones based on real Namco games. Where the only one I caved was uh, Pack Adventure. The Pac-Man Gashat. Well, if you're going to do one, you know. It has to be that one, right? Yeah. Because, like, I, I love the Common Rider and something, like, as classic as Pac-Man is now a thing together. And I love that, I love that it's, one, it's one of those, like, uh... I don't screw it like uh, level three or whatever level it is. I don't I don't, I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> but it's one of those that displays a background image and it's the actual maze from Pac-Man. And they got it, uh, they got they got some some good sound pulls, too, didn't they? Um, 
yeah, like they came up with their own theme songs and lyrics and everything, but it's set to like all the music from the old arcade cabinet. Yeah. Like you can hear all the old noises in there on top of the actual singer. It's really it's a really cool juxtaposition where we've had all these fake video games and now there's this extremely recognizable one thrown in. Yeah, it's real Pac-Man. Mm-hmm. Also, finally, the Bandai Namco partnership paid off an actual dividend yeah. for Common Rider. Other than, like, other than, like, games of questionable quality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, the, that was the fun part. It was, like, finding out about this game. It's like, okay, do, do we get all those Nam... Do we get all that cool Namco stuff? Like, do, do we actually get... Well, you get some of the random games, sure. Like, oh, well, we're not calling Galaxian random now. We gotta be careful. <laughs> okay, okay, uh... But, uh, family sports? That's not random? That is random, yes. Hey, but I, I just want to... They turn know, the surgeon into a baseball player? Full respect to Galaxian is all I'm saying. Um... I mean, like, we don't like we don't have that Tekken gash out yet. Still waiting. Well, it's it's Tekken's appeared in the show, so we're we're getting close. That flashback to to Emu winning the fighting game tournament. Yep, that was Tekken Seven, which isn't out yet, and that flashback took place years ago. <laughs> it, was, it was like it, it was the it was their like version of the wizard. This is, that's where they debuted it. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't that like five years ago, though, in the show? It's, we don't know what year this takes place. It's true. Like this, like, this could be like like the timeline of like Gentaro as a teacher from Forza, and we've just moved on to this point. We're like five years ahead. You know, if they did that kind of deep cut, I would be so excited. <laughs> they won't, but I would be really happy. No. Um, anything else in your, your rider stash? Uh, for the rider stash, that is it. All right. Uh, then I believe that is a podcast. So thank you all for listening. And, uh, we will be back with some more podcasting in the near future. Um, and we're getting closer and closer to a movie release. So we're going to have some stuff with that too. We're getting closer and closer to toys being available again. So look forward to that. And most of all, enjoy some Transformers and have a good time. Uh, until the next time we speak, have a good time. Goodbye. Yes. What the f- net, net.